Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast platform that you use. Um, so Sam, we are at the conference finals. Yeah, um, we are. We are again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, after, and we've had a very exciting round of conference semi-finals, or three of the four matchups at least were very close. Um, so yeah, I think we should start off by talking about the West, as we already uh, did the East. Yeah, our, our previous recording. attempt at <laughs> recording this. Um, so yeah, okay. Um, I mean, we have the the Clippers matching up against the Suns. Um, both with their well, key players missing. Yeah, start um, and and we've already had a game as well, which was yeah. fun in a kind of like sort of unbelievable sort of way. Just like these two teams without their supposed most important players playing like out of their skins. Um, they, it's difficult to really think too much about this series at the moment because obviously either of those guys coming back would change it so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. and Ka- Chris Paul is it obviously in health and safety, whereas Kawhi, there's some knee thing. Like, Chris Paul's way more likely to come back in the series than Kawhi. Um, but also, we don't really know. Um, apparently, Chris Paul's um, not showing symptoms or anything, but he's still got to isolate for a certain amount of time, uh, which he's already done a bit of because they won their series. So at least they had a bit of a gap. Um, I mean, Devin Booker was just like outrageous on Sunday. Yeah, it triple double was it? Yeah, forty point triple double. I think just like just a stupid, stupid performance. Um, Aiton was awesome again, like he's been on like, the whole playoffs at both yeah. ends, and he caused I'm... a real problem for the Clippers because they they basically went small to win their last two series. The answer was go small because Zubac, if you have a like scoring guard, is just getting like eaten yeah. alive. I mean, that's their real weakness, isn't it? The Clippers is they don't have. I playing against big men. I feel like they can't deal with it that much. Like if they if they do come against Yanis in the finals. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I have no idea what happens there. Unless they... unless they've got a healthy Kawhi, then it's different. But I mean, that seems unlikely. Yeah, or completely healthy at least. Um, but yeah, the Suns are also just coming off sweeping the Nuggets. And the, yeah, like... they just look kind of... It's interesting because so much is made of flexibility in the playoffs and adjustments. Everyone's always talking about what adjustments can you make and stuff. And the Suns obviously tweak things here and there, but like their their lineup is the same. Um, yeah. Obviously, how they've used their sort of shared the offense around has changed with Paul's being a bit hurt in the Lakers series and things. But like, and Aiton is going to play almost all of the minutes and then they're going to hope to survive when he's not playing, usually with Darius Saric at the five. Um, and it just works. Like, everyone knows exactly what their roles are. You don't have like Bridges and Crowder starting to try and like take people off the dribble all the time, trying to hit step back threes. 
which is a more of an issue in some other teams. Um, Aiton has just become like this absolute juggernaut. Yeah. But both ends really. And it, and he does, I think he hit a couple of mid ranges yesterday, but there's no, it's not that he's now like trying to be Carl Towns on offense. It's still like he's rolling really hard to the rim. And this was one of the problems the Clippers had was either it's put Zubac and, or Cousins in, Cousins who actually hit a few shots and they just get like attacked defensively. Or yeah. you've just got people who are too small and Aiton's just like, he's just going to the rim, just dunking everything. Yeah. He's, he's more like, he's not, going to be or maybe it's not his best where he's like the modern big man i guess modern star big man with the ball in his hands yeah all the time but it's like he is it's looking like he could be very very good at being like a traditional big man basically with a little bit tim, of range tim mcmahon well. put a, had a really good tweet. i can't remember the exact wording but it was basically ayton is always going to be spoken about because of his draft class and he's never he may never be the best player from the draft class but like, it doesn't mean he's not awesome. Was basically the gist of the tweet. He put well, more I, I think I saw there. it. I think I, I saw the tweet. It was that he won't be the best player in his draft class, but he still might play, like have a career as good as a, you'd expect from a number one pick. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he, and that's that's kind of where he looks like he is now. If, if he was a number one pick in any other year, it's looking like yeah, that's that was the right choice. Yeah, I it's guess. just. It's just, and it's not his fault that Luka Doncic and Trey Young were in the same draft. Um, I've been so, so impressed with him. Even in the regular season, actually, um, there was a week in the back end of the season where I think the Suns faced the Bucks and the Sixers. And Aiton yeah. was brilliant defensively against Yanis and Embiid. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, really, isn't it? I Rudy Gobert has not looked that good defensively yeah. against some of those guys. Um, Aiton's been that impactful on the defensive end. Yeah, that's been the big jump, really, isn't it? Because it's, I'm with, I mean, Booker and Chris Paul as well, obviously. You're, you don't need him to, you don't need a lot of scoring um, or playmaking, like, load on him at all. No. And it, if they can just have a guy who is, I mean, more than is a factor on the offensive end, like, he's really good on the offensive end. But if you can also be a good defender, it basically, it, it just helps a lot with, those matchups, doesn't it? I think particularly in playoff series, where a lot of teams, even if they're great teams, you think about how they're actually going to, how well they're going to match up against if they come up against one of these really dominant big men. It's like just having Aiton in there, clearly it's shown you can deal with them. And it's also yeah. not just a non-factor at the other end. And the big thing it's with that, as much as anything, is you can always, with these big guys, you can always go, well, we'll just double them. We'll just double them all the time and try and deny them the ball. Problem with that is there's going to then be a lot of open shots from doubling them. Yeah. If they if they deal with the double team like halfway sensibly. Um, and just having a guy who can go one-on-one -on -one with them and not... He's avoided foul trouble well as well, which is another thing that particularly for young players in general, particularly young big men, he's not been getting two first quarter fouls very often or three before the half and then you go... Oh. And always, and because that also, it's not spoken about as much as we talk about foul troublers in, they've had to go to the bench. But when you're on the edge of having to go to the bench, how often you see people just like go to contest something and do it a bit half-heartedly yeah. or not contest stuff completely sometimes. Um, I, yeah, I can't really speak highly enough about how he's played through the whole season, but particularly in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, do you... 
do you have the Suns as favourites in that series then at the moment after taking one 0 lead? Oh yeah, I I've had them quite comfortable favourites anyway, because I think one Paul is more likely to play than Kawhi, and if Paul plays, I think it might not even be that close a series. I think the Clippers have shown they're going to have some games where they just shoot the hell out of the ball and like they score 120 yeah. points. And it's like, okay, well, fine. Um, but like Marcus Morris seemed to hurt himself in game one, was like in and out of the game. Yeah. Um, if, if he's gone, while I don't love his game altogether, um, he's another guy that like, well, he's a shooter as well, but he's another big guy that they can play at the five and hopefully won't get completely rolled over. And and just like he will have a night where he gets 18 on like six shots or whatever. And with no Kawhi and having not got Harold and Williams anymore off the bench, you just think, oh, well, where's, I don't know how much offense you're going to get from the non-Paul George guys. Yeah. Reggie Jackson is not going to play like Steph Curry for the whole, at some point he's going to stop shooting quite like this, I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's really their problem, isn't it? They've, I mean, obviously they've gone for the thing of having. Basically, the thing is just having loads of wings. Yeah, with Zubac as an option to play at centre, he's just not. Well, losing it's like losing losing a backer, even though he's barely yeah. played because of injury, but not having him at all is really problematic. Because then you have having Zubac in the middle on offense can be a problem. Yeah, as well. He's just kind of in the way. You need someone to drag people out, which is obviously what they did with Terence Mann in, against Gobert. Yeah. Sons are, yeah, Sons are big, big favourites. Yeah. Um, my And Paul George has been really quite awesome like, like for most of this postseason as well. Um and like he he was great in game one too. Like went yeah. toe to toe with Booker, but you feel like he needs to do that like every game, and then they might still lose him five. That's the problem. Yeah, it it wonders where it leaves them as well. Actually, to be honest, well, it makes me wonder where it leaves them if they lose this series, because before the playoffs, it's like, yeah, well, the Clippers obviously can't do that again, and they have, I mean, both of their the first two rounds, they were like, I mean, they started the series really, really badly. It looks like this is just disastrous. But then the fact they've turned it around in that both those series, it almost makes it seem like they are, I don't know, that it's, it's not been that bad. No, anyway, I mean, but, it's the but then first ever conference finals as well. Yeah, like but yeah, but then at the same time, it's like they've, like with any of these teams, to be honest, they've had the luck. They've had their luck to get here because of all the injuries of all the other teams have had, pretty much, or underperforming and stuff. And it's like, you know, the Clippers were the one, really, that were like, the last couple of years have been talked about as title contenders. And I don't know if they if they go out in these finals to the Suns. I don't know, I mean, the Suns have shown now that they are very good, but like earlier in the year, start of the year, it's like... I think not having Kawhi, though. I think getting past Utah without Kawhi is just like bonus now. 
This is what I mean is that it's, but it's like it's it's almost like yeah, it wouldn't be. It doesn't seem like it would be such a crisis as it seemed like it would have been. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If they yeah. if they didn't make the finals like early in the years, like if they're not making the finals, it's a crisis. And it's like Kawhi and Paul George might leave, or they they need to at least try and do something to change it. But it's like maybe it's not. Like you, you have the excuse of Kawhi not being there for the the conference finals, and I don't know. Maybe they can just go again. I think I think they don't have much choice. I mean, aside from Kawhi randomly saying he wants to leave, which I don't really see happening. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't give them a massive chance in this series of even if Paul comes back before like game four I think there's a good chance it's over quite quickly Um, I'm just not sure how much the Clippers have like Utah were both um, strategically silly in like letting Terrence Mann just keep like completely wide open and loads of players actually the Clippers were getting loads of really open threes Um, and the fact that the small ball just seems like vulnerable against the Suns in a way that it wasn't against Utah. Yeah. I just, I've, I find like, wouldn't Paul George have to have like the series that Kevin Durant just had against I, the Bucks? Yeah, I think that's the thing is Paul George will have to completely turn the whole narrative around him in the playoffs. Completely I, I'd head. love to see him do it. I mean, yeah. he's done... He's done it a bit already. Like, I know Terrence Mann had the crazy clincher game against the Jazz, but Paul George was pretty crazy for a, a few games in that series, and he came up with some big shots against Dallas as well. But yeah. this, would ha- this feels like, to, yeah, it would have to be like averages 35, shoots 50% from three yeah. for the series, and he's going to have to play make a lot as well. Um, I yeah. mean, there's been a lot of talk about he's... He's the like the number two star, like the best sort of number two star you can have. Yeah, so I was about to say is that it, the narrative around these guys does change very quickly as well because before last year's playoffs, like when he went to the Clippers, it's like oh, it was almost like oh, they've got two MVP contenders because he when he was OKC, they had that year where he was yeah an MVP contender, and then it's like okay, then you have a bad playoffs, and it's like yeah, it's. This is not he's not that big a factor anymore. I mean he obviously says big factor, but it's like when he went to the Clippers, it was almost like him and Kawhi were all it felt like they were almost like co stars. And it seems to have gradually got to the point where it's like, no, it's it's Kawhi's team. Yeah, Paul George is there. It's the it's the second guy, definitely. But I mean he'll have to yeah. He'll have to be the guy. Yeah, this would be spectacular. This would be... He, he's got a... Like, this is a, yeah, it's a, a legacy-changing thing. Because, I mean, he did it when he was younger, but obviously he didn't get there because he was going against LeBron in the East. But he had games where he was going, like, full-on head-to-head with LeBron. Yeah. And I guess you could say prime LeBron is, is a harder task than Devin Booker. Not if Devin Booker plays like he did in game one, though, to be honest. though Devin Booker plays like that. It, it's going to be over in four very quickly. Um, but he still needs people around him. Like he needs Morris to 
Morris has just had like three or four games in a row. I think a couple of times in these playoffs where he can't make a shot. The start of yeah. the Dallas series, he was like one for 21 from three or something stupid over the first like four games. I can't, that might be, but there, there was a, there have been games in a group where he is like nothing, like cannot make a bucket. And that was yeah. one thing when they had Kawhi and Paul George. When it's just Paul George, it's like, well, he's, he's got to not do that at all. Yeah, it, it feels like they've not got... There's nowhere where they've got an obvious, like, really favourable matchup. I no. think so. It's, it's just going to be about how well everyone can shoot. Yeah, and I, I think, I think that like, will get them a game or two. Yeah. It's, it's just like, are they going to be able to keep that up? And are they going to carry on getting open looks from the three-point line, I mean? Trouble is, whenever... I mean, Dallas started off their series against the Clippers with like, oh my God, if they shoot like this for one or two more games, they're through, and then they don't. So I guess the thing is why you have seven-game series is like just ridiculously hot shooting is very, very rarely going to win you four out of seven. Yeah. Because you just... Even if you have a normal game quite often... And it's like you think with with Aiton, he's, I think Aiton's just going to get a lot of easy points in this series where they're yeah. dunked or tip-ins or whatever. And if they're not going to have that part, they've got to outshoot the Suns in like every single game. And the Suns have shooting. It's not that like the Suns are, are a team devoid of being able to hit threes. Like So it's, it's really hard to see for me how the Clippers can win the series. I'm, I might be completely wrong. I've mainly been wrong in my predictions in these playoffs. So probably... Yeah, what would you want to? Would you want to do a prediction? I'm going Suns in five. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go for the sweep. Yeah, just to be outrageous. I mean, if they do sweep the Clippers, I mean, I, mean, I think. That might make them the favourites. I mean, that might my favourites anyway for the title. I think, yeah, it's, it's weird I'm, how these conference finals have set up. Um, yeah, I'm about to come onto the East in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the the Bucks would be a difficult matchup, but like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they, the teams they've come up against have had problems, but being the Lakers, then sweeping the Nuggets. And then, if they were to sweep the Clippers as well, it's like, combined with the way they played in the second half of the regular season, actually, where they flew up yeah. the table, it's like, maybe they are. Maybe they are just the best team. Yeah. At the moment. Um, and Chris Paul returning. I mean, they, the thing with that is they've won a lot of those. Well, obviously, they won on Sunday without Paul. But against the Lakers, where Paul like couldn't do anything, like he couldn't shoot the ball almost at all. I don't know. We can do the Lakers were hurt, but this is the thing, um, which actually we had a bit about in our in our previous recording. R.I.P. Uh, um, well, we'll have to say all that again in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's similar where everyone's kind of dealing with stuff. So like the Lakers' problems were happening to Anthony Davis, or whatever, maybe more impactful but like they basically beat the Lakers with Chris Paul not being a scorer at all yeah or even a spot up shooter for a lot of that series and that that's pretty outrageous do you know what the situation is with his shoulder 
It seems to be fine now. I mean, he was shooting okay against the Nuggets. Yeah, that's about, that is, yeah. So if he is back, that is pretty bad news for the Clippers, isn't it? Because this is where I'm at. Is if Kawhi was healthy and Paul Chris Paul was healthy completely, I think this yeah. is like a going seven, absolutely awesome series. And it sounds like Kawhi, even if he comes back, is not going to be. Well, I don't know when he was last hundred percent, given all the load management, injury management stuff, but he might not be that close to being Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. Yeah. Or with some of the talk about an ACL, like he might, he might just be done, but he's not coming back for a long time. Um, yeah. And it, it looks Sunday also looked like, well, this is very even, isn't it? This is going to be a lot of Booker versus George who can do the most yeah. mental stuff. Then it's going to be close, but then the size of Aiton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they've just got George, yeah, it's like you don't feel like there's there's many other areas of the court where they've got an advantage. And Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder are two of the yeah. better players to be able to throw at him as well. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see Paul George do it. Partly, I've I've enjoyed some of the stuff that everyone sort of mocking him. He said some stuff that has invited people to mock him. But also, he's clearly been through some like rough stuff throughout his whole career but even the stuff he spoke about with his mental health and the bubble and things and it would be really cool if he managed to do this after like you said the the perception that he was no longer a proper star he was he was Kawhi's like very much the Robin on the Clippers and then if he gets to step up and take them over the line but yeah I'm not sure I can see it and not necessarily through his fault he could have he could have a, yeah. a massive series and it still just might not be enough I mean, very much like Donovan Mitchell did in the last series, didn't he? Yeah. He had some huge games, and they're still like, yeah, they just... And they Luka. lost four games in a row, didn't they? Yeah. And Luca and Embiid. I, I saw a couple of posts about that um, over the weekend about, yeah, is that, well, it's like, that's what happens in the playoffs, is there's so many amazing players in the NBA that there's always going to be quite a few guys who just play almost as well as they can and they said, well, yeah. either the roster wasn't right or someone else gets injured or someone else doesn't play well enough. Um, and, yeah, I, I think George is most likely to end up in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, yeah, I hope he... I hope if they do lose, that it's not down to him again. Yeah. I, I guess. I really... It's like, yeah, like he... I hope he at least carries on. He carries on what he's been doing and maybe it won't be enough. As long as he's not, you know, doesn't just fail again. I think at least the fact he's got them here. I mean, this isn't how Twitter works because the world is cruel. But the pandemic P stuff go away now. Like, yeah, like, like, um, like I've said before, maybe it was on the lost recording. Actually, I don't know. There, there are a lot of really, really like good to great NBA players who have who get put in the position he's been in in this playoffs and don't do what he's done and have multiple chances and don't manage to do it. Yeah. He came up against Dallas and then he lost Kawhi and they toppled for all the stuff we could say about Utah and loads of it's fair. They were the best, the number one seed and the Clippers lost their best player. And a lot of people in Paul George's position would not be able to lead them to coming through. No, I mean, you get why you get a lot of players that are that great that 
don't make the playoffs each year. Yeah. Or just scrape in, go out in the first round. I mean, like Bradley Beal from the, the Wizards. It's like he's, you know. Yeah. He's been like the, one of the best defensive players in the league for the last two years. But you a lot, don't don't get a chance to do it in the playoffs. A lot of it goes down to Ty Lue as well, I think. Um, I wrote a quick thing on this the other day, but about, so one, the fact Paul George has played like that with Ty Lue and he didn't with Doc Rivers, bubble and everything, there's lots of other factors, but like I think the coach clearly deserves something for, like you mentioned, yeah. multiple times in these playoffs, the Clippers could have melted down and turned into a pile of mush again, and they yeah. didn't. A couple of times they looked like they already had done it, and somehow they didn't. And I mean, again, we might come on to Doc Rivers blowing leads, um, but they, it happened when Doc Rivers was in charge, and they changed coach, and lots has changed the locker room as well. Um, but then also the smaller adjustments he makes in game and in series that are so big. Um, I think he's done probably probably the best coaching job in these playoffs. Partly because there's so many psychological things for the Clippers to overcome after last year. Yeah. And like you said, there's huge pressure they're under. But like, uh, and in that series where when he lost Kawhi, it would have been easy to go right. We need to we need to get bigger. What about Gobert as a lob there? All of this he could have gone and and he put Terrence Mann in. It's like we'll just go smaller. Yeah. And I know Terrence Mann had a crazy 39 point game, but part of the reason that worked was it made all this space. And Gobert went to his just going to defend the rim. And it meant there was always someone open to shoot a three. And that's how they managed to come back, both in the series and in and in the clinching game. Was just like, they just got endless open threes. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe that maybe that will work against Aiton yet. But I don't know. We'll see if they go to that. We'll, but um, I, I, let's move on to the East again. Yeah. Again to the East Conference. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So this we've got the Bucks against the Hawks. Both the underdogs going into their respective semi-finals, and both yeah. coming out in seven games. And from behind. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, just. Very unexpected matchup, I think. Like, not many people would have predicted this going into the playoffs. No, no, not many people would have predicted it like a week ago, and definitely not going into the playoffs. Um, it's it's an interesting series um, because on paper the Hawks have the guys or size to put a Yanis. Whether they go with Capella on him or they go Collins, who's improved a lot defensively. They have guys who can at least like have the athleticism to not just get humiliated by him. Yeah. Um, and then at the other end, the Bucks have Drew Holiday, which is like if you're picking any NBA defender to put on Trey Young, he's probably in the top like five. So that's that's quite useful. Uh, yeah. There's lots of matchup things in there, and the the Bogdan Bogdanovich injury is is something to keep an eye on, I think, because he. I don't know if he didn't play the second half or barely played the second half of Game 7, but had a lot of ice on his knee. Yeah, I think there's... And they're running low on wings. Yeah, it's kind of come down a lot more to matchups than... Serious in the West, I think, isn't it? 
it's just the the question that you always have against the box is how can they stop Yanis offensively and also then because of how Trey Young has performed throughout these playoffs, which as as was, I think this is where we said it before actually is that is not what he's done in these playoffs is a thing that like a lot of players that are all stars throughout their careers don't do this to playoffs to have a playoffs like this and. Basically, that's made it, it really so. It's like how how do the Bucks stop him, really as well? And like you said, they've got Drew Holiday, which is a, the best thing you can have to throw at him. But so far, not it's not looked easy. It's not been easy to stop him. No, and even when people are making him not score thirty points, there's a lot of lobs and a lot of bullet passes to shooters. Yeah. Um, try, trying to stop his influence on the game is, seems to be almost impossible. And the not fouling is going to be massive. Um, just in general, fouling people is not good unless it's Ben Simmons. But um, the like Drew Holiday getting a couple of early fouls and then, um, I mean, it just gets harder, I guess. Because that's the one thing I guess you, you could say with no DiVincenzo about the Bucks. At least the Sixers had different people they could put on Trey Young. Yeah, like what? Do you, I'm not sure you want Pat Connaughton guarding him, and you definitely don't want Bryn Forbes guarding him. Um, and Chris Middleton is going to struggle with the quickness. Um, so it's like, well, if Drew gets in foul trouble, um, it might get ugly fast. Yeah. But then, yeah, they was like on the other end. The Bucks have the weapons easily have the weapons to start to. I mean, to score a lot of points against them. I think. I think they do against anyone. It's just if they, if they don't just do stupid things all the time, like Yanis just shooting threes when everyone backs off him. Yeah, it'll be interesting how. One guy who hit some big shots in the second round was Gallinari. I mean, a lot of yeah. Hawks did. Bogdanovic did too. But if Bogdanovic is limited, that may be more Gallinari. And that's a guy that's just like... It's easy to hide people against the Sixers, isn't it? Defensively. Yeah. I don't... It's not as... Uh, you put people out on Tucker. But if you've got Trey Young, I don't know where you put him. Like, I think they're going to probably try and put him on Tucker when Tucker goes and stands in the corner. Because if you put him on Drew Holiday, yeah. I think he's going to get posted and also put into the actions with Yanis. And you do not want Trey Young anywhere near Yanis when he's going towards the basket. That's going to be yeah. ugly. Again. And the key is the key is the Bucks. I mean, it's what I think what I said on the on the lost recording is that for me, I think it's the Bucks adjusting on the fly. Of like yeah. they have the. They have all, so many skill sets and offensively in their players. It's just not all in the same player. And it's about, you know, when the other team, when they adjust, if they start clogging the paint, then don't just have Yanis dribbling up and chewing the three. Or running into the wall yeah. as well, which is... What, what know. they need there is you need, you need Middleton coming out from wherever he is for the handoff or something. 
They need, they need more motion in their offense often. Yeah. It's difficult because you can't have much of that with Lopez and Tucker. But you can still have people setting screens for each other. And I like getting, I like having the ball not in Yanis's hands, partly because he ends up, like you said, um, going into I'm the star. And I don't think it's in a bad way. I think it's a taking responsibility way. But I think some of these shots are, well, I'm the number one guy, number one guy on the title team, shoots fadeaways and mid-range, all this stuff. It's like, well, can you not? Like, you're going to need to do it occasionally, but not as much as he has been. But I like the having it in the hands of Holiday or Middleton and get, I don't know, get Tucker setting a screen for Yanis and get Yanis catching the ball on the run. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not simply just more pick and roll with Yanis as the screener? Yeah. I think you have the ball in Middleton's hands with Yanis setting a screen. Yeah, I don't know how you like, defend it. Because I mean, Middleton is such a good shooter from anywhere on the floor. You have to go over. And then, yeah. yeah. You just and create it, chaos in the defense, don't you? Because, I mean, you, what, you, you leave, yeah, like Yanis, just roll towards the hoop uncontested, I guess. Like then, yeah, I, the know, question and, for them in those situations, though, again, is is because Holiday is well with how he's shot in these playoffs, but Tucker and Lopez are not shooters that you're really that worried about. Always, if there's a risk of Yanis getting towards the basket, is stop that. And yeah. it's that the other guys have got to both knock down the shots and knock down enough of them that the defense starts going, oh, like the help is a bit hesitant or whatever. Because the part of the issue with this Bucks thing is it's like, well, they've surrounded Yanis with shooting, sort of, as in like Ben Simmons isn't next to him. These people will shoot, which is one thing, but they're not scary shooters and they're not shooting off movement. You're not. Yeah. running something for PJ Tucker to hit it like yeah. him, three off a handoff or something. So it's just, they're quite limited. Yeah. They're quite they limited when they've got Tucker and Lopez on the court, like how much you can actually run. I think. Like, so if they're not good enough shooters, like you say, then they don't particularly provide the spacing. No. And if they don't provide that much space, I mean, you can sort of, I guess defenders can sort of, um, just go sort of half and half between. I mean, you don't leave them completely open, but then also you can still, you still cause some trouble in the middle by standing off them quite a long way because they're, they're not that good that they're gonna they're gonna hit these shots that are like, you know, if you if you chase them down, if you're running at them when the ball's coming to them, they're not gonna hit that like that's just an open shot all the time. And they're not that quick release, so if yeah. you give them some space and get out to them, I wonder yeah, if. That's the thing. He basically didn't get into the second round that much because he was just getting picked on and he was small. But Bryn Forbes had some like really explosive shooting games against the Heat. I wonder if this could be a bit more of a series for him. He's another guy yeah. who's a liability defensively, but he does give you that like shooting off screens, moving off the ball, which is part of what they've lacked. Is if you've got Yanis dribbling it, and then you've got Tucker and Lopez spotting up like in the corners or Lopez out on the wing or whatever. There's just like not that much going on. Yeah. And yeah, that's what they all. might need. Cause obviously the Capella is a really good rim protector and John Collins has improved a lot. I, I don't know how they're quite going to match up with Yanis. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know how they're going to work that. Um, 
So they've got to do something to try and move the defence around because just like Giannis dribbling, driving, pulling up, give it to Middleton, who then does the same thing. But yeah, we've seen how that looks. Yeah. I think the key, yeah, like you say, the key is just more motion, isn't it? They just need, and not a lot more either. They don't need a lot more because it's like they, Yanis doesn't need a lot of rib to, to just get to the basket and to score. just dunk, just just dunk yeah. everything. Like you say, even just give the ball to him with when he's got some momentum. Yeah, something and he'll just go round people or over them. Yeah, and that, um, that's. I mean, yeah, it might be a bit late for them to really spice their offense up that much. I think there's going to be games. I think the Hawks take at least one in this series because of that, that despite winning against the Nets, I don't have that much faith in the in the Bucks' offense in close games. Is why it would have been hilarious if it was Sixers Bucks. Just like, what if no one scores any fourth quarter points? Yeah. What if, what if it's just... That's another thing, actually, to consider. Is Nate McMillan hacked Simmons a few times? Surprised he didn't do it more in Game 7, actually. Um, do you think they'll do it with Yanis? Maybe. He airballed a couple of free throws in Game 7. I, I, yeah, maybe they will. But the other thing with that is that it's just... Um, I know, I think Yanis is going to... Because Giannis is going to be a lot more ball dominant than Simmons was for the Sixers. It's, you can't do it that much without just getting in, getting over in foul trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I also think, as much as Giannis has had his problems, I don't. So we could do several podcasts long talking about what goes wrong with the Sixers every year. Simmons, you can clearly get in his head, and they were maybe already yeah. in his head, the free throws, and that, I think, messed him up further. And then that all contributes towards clutch moment, end of game seven, and he passes instead of dunking on someone. I don't I don't think Giannis is like that. Look, the same with Giannis, where, like, if anything, stop shooting the threes. Yeah. I don't think Giannis is going to be, right, I'm not going to be aggressive. Even when he's, like, the end of the games against the Nets, even in game seven, he didn't stop attacking because he was being, if he in case of being fouled or I'll have to shoot free throws. Um, and in fact, the, the Nets crowd taunting him with the countdown just seemed to make him the best free throw shooter of all time. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they experimented with it, if they get a long way behind or something again. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it could be helpful. But, uh, yeah, I, it's just... I think he's he's probably shown already that he's that he's probably like mental his mentality is just he's not going to something that's going to affect him, is it? Whereas I think I think a lot of that, where they're deliberately fouling you, is about getting in your head as much yeah. as anything else. Yeah, um, it's quite it's quite interesting. It's it's not the best stuff to watch um, short term. Is I'd I'd like to watch some basketball now. But when yeah. you see it over a series, I think it it's an interesting um, tactic to use for certain people. Yeah, I think I think Simmons is probably a unique case because the same as like um, Luca's free throw percentage in these playoffs was horrendous. I mean, not Simmons bad. Simmons is literally the worst of all time. But I think he was in the fifties 
yeah. I mean, still, if you're shooting fifty percent, actually, that's a decent possession. Um, but you wouldn't do it to Luca either, would you? I, I don't really want to give risk giving him any free points because he's going to like drain like four step back threes in a row if I do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you almost don't want to rile them up too much. Yeah, those sorts of players. Um, yeah, should we have some predictions before we finish? Um, I'm gonna go Bucks in uh, six. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Honestly, Bucks and then, in six, and then Bucks in six in the finals against the Suns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, the Bucks will win the series. Uh, and uh, well, they they need to win it really. The it's level of for them meltdown if they don't. Yeah, after getting past the Nets, and they've only got the Hawks, who were not expected, and I mean, most of the season weren't that good. Um, it's like yeah, they are. They are the favourites, and really, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Even if they if they fail to win the title, it looks difficult, doesn't it, for them to because for them to improve here like after this year. This is like they're all in, like they have been for the last couple of years. They're not really getting much better after this year, so it's like this is their one chance. I think. I mean, it's going to be their best chance for a while. Yeah, they got. They got the heat, had a year affected by the bubble, COVID, injuries. The Celtics, I don't think, are going to be this bad again for quite a while. Change of coach, change of roster. The wings are just going to get better. Uh, the Sixers, I know they were the one seed, but it feels like the Simmons trade, I mean, that maybe that makes them better or worse, I don't know. But like, if Embiid shoots the mid-range like he did this year for the next couple of seasons... The six is going to be incredibly hard to beat if they have a point guard on their team. Um, and the Nets, obviously, yeah, we can do the qualifying how they beat the Nets. Well, they beat the Nets and the Nets next year probably will have more than one star on the court in the playoffs. Um, yeah. I know Harden was playing, but like, they were po- particularly his first game back, I, I, don't, I was almost at the point where I was like, I don't see the point in him playing. Because he just like he couldn't really even dribble, like definitely couldn't drive. Yeah, yeah. but it just is fallen so much. As hard as it was on paper, heat nets. Yeah. Oh, and, not... and I mean, after last season, the whole thing was okay. We're, we're building our team to be successful in the playoffs. Not going to be as good in the regular season. Giannis is going to MVP, but we're just going to try and yeah, we're yeah, we're concentrating just on being good in the playoffs. And it's like if they yeah. And they've got this far, and now they've got this far. They've like, it's almost like they've, it almost looks like they've done the hard bit, going past the nets. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, let's wrap up because it's time. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll probably preview the finals as well, won't we? After these. Yes. Series, and I mean. Knows how long these are going to go for. I mean, they could. I think there is a chance both of these are over quickly. Ish. But... Yeah, I don't. Th- these could be a bit underwhelming. 
I fear. Obviously, hope not. I hope we get a proper series. But given, um, yeah, the ad, the lack of Kawhi and we don't know about Paul as of Monday. But yeah, um, they, there was stuff about if you're vaccinated and he's asymptomatic, that it could be a shortened isolation. So it's like, say he's back for game three. Yeah. Yeah, it won't be. It won't last too long. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's going to shorten that series, I think, if Paul comes back. Um, so anyway, goodbye. Yeah, bye.